Hey guys, today we're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. My name is Ahmed Adnan. I'm going to be your host. Let's get into it. So today the Lakers played against the Toronto Raptors in a very interesting game. It was a win. The Lakers won by uh, 10 points, although they were up by 20 for most of the game. It was quite eventful. We had two ejections, which doesn't happen very often in Lakers games. And the Lakers made a lot of threes, which is not very um, typical of the Los Angeles Lakers. So I thought I'd talk about um, the game today. And then I'll talk about the acquisition of Ben McElmore, which was announced during the first quarter of the game. So, to start things off, um, we can just talk about the sheer amount of threes. I think that was a response to the poor shooting night that they had the other day against the, the LA Clippers in the Staples Center, where the Lakers could not hit a three to save their lives. And the Lakers have had this recurring theme during the season, even when LeBron and AD weren't injured, where they have struggled to make threes. And it's become this apparent problem in the team. And that's particularly worrying when you look across the pond over in the Eastern Conference and the Brooklyn Nets have three of the best shooters of all time on their team. (laughs) And um, I'm not saying that the, the Lakers only have the Brooklyn Nets to worry about because Obviously, there's a lot of competition this year. Um, The Utah Jazz are the number one seed. They're playing very well. Uh, The Denver Nuggets have looked amazing since acquiring um, Aaron Gordon. And even before that, they were looking really good. The Los Angeles Clippers, obviously, the supposed favorites of last year. Um, They've been playing pretty well as well. Uh, They've been getting their stuff together with... PG and Kawhi actually playing games and not load managing this year. Um, in the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia have been playing quite well with their MVP candidate and Joel Embiid. Um, <clears throat> the Milwaukee Bucks are the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been consistent for the past few years in the regular season. They have a better team than, than in the last few years because now they've added Drew Holiday, who is a borderline all-star player at his best. And he, he is playing maybe at his best right now in this recent run of games. He was player of the week, I believe, uh, last week. And so when you talk about the NBA, they are, there are all of these teams who are looking really dangerous. So from a Lakers standpoint, we really need to focus on improving ourselves. And the Lakers have a very deep team. We know that for a fact. They have about... 14 guys who would start on any team in the NBA. Maybe maybe not 14, actually. Aside from Jared Dudley and maybe Alfonso McKinney. And then maybe as well Devontae Kaycock and Costas Antetokounmpo. The rest of the guys are good enough to get into any team in the league's rotation. It's crazy, but it's true. <clears throat> and so... When you look at this game today, it just emphasized that point because the Lakers were missing LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Andre Drummond, as well as obviously the best player on the team, Jared Dudley. And they just they just 
decimated the Toronto Raptors. I mean, if you look at it at the end of the match, you're going to say, oh, you know, they won by, I think, what was it, 10 points? But if you watch the game, at some point, the Lakers were up by 34 points. They could not stop hitting threes. They hit threes like crazy in this game, especially during the first half before the before halftime. The Lakers were just draining threes like crazy. It was it was surreal to watch. And um, eventually, the Toronto Raptors managed to somewhat close the gap. They could not really close it to the point where it became a close game, but they managed to make it look as if it was somewhat close, which really does not reflect the reality of this game. Pascal Siakam went on to the free throw line about a million times tonight and um, filled up the stat sheet. He didn't play really well aside from that. Um... We had about, I think, eight players who scored over eight points, six players who scored over 10 points, or actually, actually, I think it was seven players who scored over 10 points and nine players who scored over eight points, which just shows that everybody on this team has something to contribute and that everybody on this team played well tonight. The defense was really good. I think they almost kept, they had a they had an eight minute stretch in the second quarter where they kept the Toronto Raptors to four points, I think. It was, it was, incredible to watch and especially considering the best player in the world the best power forward in the league and one of the best centers in the league we're just not playing i don't care if you say that andre drums on one of the best centers in the league you're wrong he is he is a very good center that guy is one of the greatest rebounders of all time and he also gets around 15 points on any given night as well as you know 3.5 blocks and steals so this guy knows how to play ball. You can say he only fills the stat sheets if you want, but I personally disagree with you. He's, he's very good. He's 270 pounds and he can move move around the court like a butterfly. This guy is amazing. Okay, because I've seen a lot of people say that Andre Drummond is not good enough or that he's not really going to improve the Lakers like that. Or that Marcus Aldridge is a better player. That is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Andre Drummond is a great player and a great acquisition to the Lakers, especially since it was in the buyout market. Like, the Lakers didn't even have to give anything up for it. So, getting Andre Drummond was definitely a good acquisition. So, when you look at the team tonight, Mark Gasol, after the acquisition of Andre Drummond, was sounding like he was in his feelings. He was saying, you know, I, I don't know why they've done this. Like, I feel like they've been stabbed, stabbed in the back. Like, he didn't obviously say that, but... You, get, you got that sense from him. And then tonight, he goes out. He plays amazing. He, he got four blocks, I think 13 points. Played really well. Got a lot of rebounds, a lot of assists. And after the game, he was speaking to Lakers reporter Mike Trudell. And he said that, you know, I don't care if I don't play or if I play five minutes or ten minutes. I want to be ready for this team. And that's the right mentality to go into the the, the postseason with. Because, you know, some sometimes you're going to face a team where... We just won't need the services of Marcus Gasol. Like last year when we were facing the, the Houston Rockets, we were not playing JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, but these guys knew that they weren't going to play. Like, if you watched JaVale McGee's vlogs last year, he even mentioned this at some point. He's like, oh, we're going to go, and you know, me and Dwight are not gonna, really going to play because it's against Houston. He, he, he openly admits this. So I think it's the right mentality to go into the playoffs with where you know where you're needed and when you're not needed. Um... And so, you know, we, we currently have four players who can play at center. We have um, Anthony Davis, Marcus Gasol, Andre Drummond, and Montrez Harrell. Now, Anthony Davis loves playing at the four. <clears throat> and um, 
Montrez Howard is six foot eight. Okay, so if Marcus Hall continues to play well, I'd like to see Mar- Montrez Howard tested at the four, and especially since um, Anthony Davis isn't back yet for maybe another two weeks, it would be good to test him out there and give him some, you know, uh, uh, an extended run at the four to see how he performed there. Because when I look at this personally, he's six foot eight. He 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 can he 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 can play against most centers around the league so why not just put him at the four where he'd have better matches as well as you know the guy just scores like like it's nothing he he, he drops 20 a night like it's nothing especially when you know he's not playing with LeBron and AD and Dennis Schroeder who are all getting all these touches and shots Montrezl Howard is a great player so you have all of these players on the squad who, who fit in in a, in a certain way and it, it, it kind of resembles the Lakers of last year where versatility is the identity <laughs> and um, the reason I say that is because last year the Lakers had um, just a squad that was built around LeBron and Anthony Davis and they didn't really have many players who could drop 20 a night Aside from LeBron 80, maybe Kuzma sometimes, but that's really it. I mean, Danny Green wouldn't drop 20 much. Avery Bradley wouldn't drop 20. Um, Rajon Rondo would not drop 20. So this year we have Dennis Schroeder who can drop 20. We have Montrezl Hill who can drop 20. We have Andy Drummond who can drop 20. We have Kuzma, obviously, the aforementioned Kuzma. We have maybe... Maybe Wesley Matthews, if he gets hot, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker is getting more minutes. He he could drop 20 on any given night as well. But it's not all about the scoring. Obviously, you have to look at other things and other parts of the game. Or you know, you won't be you won't be looking at the game objectively if you just judge people on their scoring because then Bradley Beal would be the best player in the league. And with all due respect to Bradley Beal, he's not the best player in the league. So. Look at this Lakers team. It's a very, very good team. They have a lot of people who can score. And it's my personal belief that this squad is better than last year's squad. Last year's squad were NBA champions. So this year, all we need is for everybody to get healthy and start playing together so that we can develop the chemistry and the locker room harmony and, you know, everything like that so that we are... Suited to play in the playoffs because I I hate to keep bringing them up, but the Brooklyn Nets are the biggest threats to the Lakers' chances of winning the championship. No matter what you say, they have three they have three players who are top ten in the league basically, because James Harden and Kevin Durant have been top ten in the league for God knows how many years now. But Kyrie Irving is playing like a top ten player in the league right now. He he is the greatest ball handler of all time. He just dropped 37 on the Knicks the other night. Like, it's nothing. Kyrie Irving is a problem. And the fact that he's the third guy, because I, I, I don't want to say James Harden is a better player, but Kyrie Irving is your third guy. That is dangerous. And the Lakers don't even have, um, you know, a Kyle Lowry or Chris Paul, who, who might not be as good as Kyrie Irving right now, but would at least be on his level. But they have Dennis Schroeder, who's, you know... Bit worse than that level, 
And so it gets a bit difficult when you look at it from just a player's perspective. So we need to work on the other stuff like, you know, building team chemistry, making sure everybody is adjusted and knows what they have to do because the, the, the Lakers team from last year, we have some of them who came back, you know, like KCP, um, obviously LeBron AD. Uh, we also had Kuzma come back, Markeith Morris. Um, I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah, that might be it. And then everybody else is just new. And I get that they've been building chemistry over the year, but Anthony Davis has been out. And Anthony Davis is a guy who's going to play about 40 minutes a night in the playoffs. And the reason why I keep bringing up the playoffs right now, despite this being just a regular season game, is because the playoffs is coming up. I think we're, we're a month away from the playoffs, or maybe two. And so we need to start focusing on being prepared for the playoffs because we're we're looking at a playoffs where we're probably going to be the fourth or fifth seed all right and so as the fourth or fifth seed if you look at the table the team we're going to probably face right now is the Denver Nuggets in the first round and you you know I I personally think we can take the Denver Nuggets but for a first round team the Denver Nuggets is not someone who I want to face in the first round because you get to the second round, you just face Denver, and then the second round, you face either the third or the sixth seed, which means either Portland or the Clippers. I don't want to face the Clippers in the second round because after that, you face either the first or second or seventh or eighth seed, which would be either the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, the... um. I believe the Golden State Warriors, because they're playing right now, so I'm not sure if they're if they're winning or not. I think they are winning against the Bucks, but you know, you see what I'm trying to say. Like basically, the Lakers would have the toughest road to the finals I think ever. We said that last year, but this is even tougher because last year Russell Westbrook was injured, and Portland of last year aren't quite as good as Denver of this year. And then, you know, the Utah are just an entirely new beast. We've just been insane. And maybe it's even Phoenix who go through. And Phoenix have CP3 and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. So it would take a lot from them to get past the Utah Jazz. And so I'm not saying I'm not confident that we can get through, uh, get through the Western Conference. I think we are. I think we're the favorites. I think everybody knows that. But we're going to go through a lot. And then by the time we reach the finals, and if you remember last year, we didn't... We were we were kind of gassed by the time we reached the finals. I mean, AD had a giant foot, like his foot was swollen. Um, I think the LeBron LeBron had some issue on his ankle. I think um, we we just had all of these niggling issues and injuries, and we only played about eight games before the playoffs because of the lockdown, obviously, and so. It worries me that going into this playoffs, facing this quality or this caliber of team, we're not going to go four games against the Denver Nuggets. We're probably not going to go four games against the Clippers. And so it's going to drain us a bit. And then you look across the pond, and again, I'm going to mention them, but the Brooklyn Nets, where are the Brooklyn Nets going to face? I mean, they're currently the second seed, I believe. So they're going to face the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference, which is, I think, the... the, the 
the New York Knicks right now or something like that, or the Charlotte Hornets, who, with all due respect, are nowhere near the level of the Denver Nuggets. The, the team they'll face in the next round is probably going to be like Boston or something, or, or the Heat, maybe. Maybe not as good as the Clippers. Maybe they are, but maybe not. And then um, the team they'll face in the Eastern Conference Finals will probably be Philly. Who, okay, I'll say are better than the Utah Jazz, in my opinion. I think that, I think they have Joel Embiid, who is a seven foot two monster, who will be so hard to stop for Brooklyn. I think the Lakers are better just to stop him because you know we got Marcus and Anthony Davis, and I know that Joel Embiid really lit him up a few years ago. But Andre Drum, Andre Drummond, and um, and so I I feel more confident facing Joel Embiid than the Brooklyn Nets would be. But then after that, and they probably will win because, you know, they, they have three all-stars. <laughs> We're going to face them in the finals. So facing them in the finals is the way to win. Just the way to win against this incredible monsters type team who have six players who've been all-stars in the past, I think, three years. <sighs> the way to win against them is... You have to build Team Harmony, which is something they haven't built yet because Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, which is their main threat, really, and basically all of their threat, because without those three, they just wouldn't have anything. Um, Those three guys just are not... They have not played together much. And when you look at the Lakers, how much have LeBron and AD played together. They've played an entire season together already before this one. And they played almost every game last season as, as well as a playoff run where they won. And then you look at um, the the Brooklyn Nets and obviously those three guys have not played together that much. And then you add in Blake Griffin who's not played with Kevin Durant, and then look at the Marcus Aldridge. He's not played with Kevin Durant, and then uh, Blake Griffin's only played like two games with James Harden, and, and you know they just don't have that chemistry. And so to take advantage of that, and you know just to, we we have to play with speed, you have to play with accuracy, and we obviously have to be well connected as a team. We need Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis, Marcus Aldridge, Montrezl Harrell, LeBron James, yada yada yada, everybody on the team to just have that harmony where they all know where their man's going to be we need it to be as if we're Dallas in 2011 and they're Miami Heat in 2011 because what happened was the Miami Heat had three MVP candidates just like the Brooklyn Nets currently do and who did Dallas have well they had you know Jason Terry and Dirk Nowitzki and JJ Barea and Jason Kidd and all those guys Tyson Chandler yada 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 and so we can win because we have the best player in the world. We also have the best power forward in the world who is maybe the fourth, fifth best player in the league at his best. Now, he hasn't been in his best this season, which is also a bit of a, a bit of a, a worry for me because when I think of it, I'm like, okay, we're, we're looking at Brooklyn. We're a bit confident because we're like, okay, they're, they've not played together, but is Anthony Davis going to be the same Anthony Davis from last year when he comes back? Because Anthony Davis this season has averaged 22-9. 22-9 is like 
the sort of numbers I expect of someone like Sheikh Gilgis Alexander, who, with all due respect, is nowhere near the top five of the NBA. And if Anthony Davis is going to put up 22-9, and nine, the Lakers cannot win the, the championship. <clears throat> and so, I know I went really deep into the whole playoff stuff because this is the first episode. And, you know, I've tried not to go into the playoffs that much during the next few episodes. And I'll actually focus on the current game at hand. But the Lakers are really, really struggling to... to you know, build some team harmony with all of these nagging injuries. And, you know, LeBron isn't playing for another, what, two weeks. Anthony Davis isn't playing for another two. And by the way, Anthony Davis's injury is really frustrating me because he was supposed to come back maybe for the All-Star game. If you remember correctly, he, he went out against the Nuggets about four weeks before or three weeks before the All-Star game. They were like, oh, he's going to be out for four weeks. So we all thought, okay, he might be able to make it for the All-Star game. But as Lakers fans, we'd rather he not play in the All-Star game. So he's completely healed for the regular season. And then he didn't come back for the All-Star game. And we were like, okay, that's good. And then he didn't play after the All-Star game. And it's been about, um, I think, a month since the All-Star game. Almost. Or three weeks. And he still hasn't come back. And we're not expecting him back in the next week. We're not expecting him back in the next two weeks. We don't know when Anthony Davis is going to be back. I'm not saying this to, to, you know, try and be mean to Anthony Davis or say Anthony Davis is not a good player. Anthony Davis is an NBA champion. Anthony Davis helped my team win an NBA championship. I love Anthony Davis, but his injury is really frustrating me. I don't get why we keep getting these periods or these, these you know, these, these expected times and then they, they not be met. Now, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. Maybe it's something that you can't really blame on the doctors or anybody, but it's just really frustrating as a fan who has no idea what is going on medically. So I hope Anthony Davis has a speedy recovery. We've seen him working on the court. He's been taking shots. He's been taking moving shots, not only just spot off shooting. And so that's very good news for us. I just hope he's back really quickly because I'd rather we be in the third or second seed than the fourth or fifth because that would be really, really just hard to, to go into the playoffs with. <clears throat> And thankfully, last year we didn't have that struggle. We went first, and then we we had to face the Portland. Then we you know we, we beat them really well, and then we faced um, the Rockets. And Russell wasn't really up for it because he was injured, and so we beat them in five. And then we faced um, who was it? Denver in the finals, and we beat them in five as well. And then we faced the Heat, and we beat them in six. So the point is. The reason why we won so many games and we, we played so well in the playoffs last year is because we had team harmony. We had the chemistry to properly play and not lose. And so we need to make sure that we have that same chemistry this year because a lot of the guys who were here last year are gone. So I'll put that aside a bit, just the long-term thinking and the, the struggling and the worrying about the playoffs. I'll try to think about this game. Tanhorn Tucker ended the night as our top point getter. He had more points than anyone on the team. He scored 17 points, got four rebounds, six assists. Very good game for the, I was about to say rookie, but the, the, the sophomore player who's been here for now a season and a half. I'd, I'd honestly like to call him a rookie because he didn't play at all last year. He is a rookie 
this is his first NBA season where he's actually playing the regular season. He played like, I think, five games last year. But I'm not going to call him a rookie because it's not his first year, so whatever. Um, then you look at you look a bit, a bit, a bit lower on the box score and you see Dennis Schroeder who had nine assists. He has seven of those in the first quarter, which is insane. All of them are just, you know, assists to those seven threes I think we got in the first quarter or something. He also got choke slammed by um, OG Ananobi in the first quarter, so that was kind of funny to see. Obviously, obviously I hope he's well, but um, it wasn't really that 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 hard of it. He just, you know, he just fell on his arms, and then much as how rushed in and uh, almost knocked out OG Ananobi. <laughs> which led to Montrezl Harrell being uh, tossed from the game, which is really frustrating because Montrezl Harrell has been playing really well, and I'd like to have seen him play today. And like I said, I want him to be at the four. I want I, I, like I'm not saying he's gonna work at the four. I, I personally believe he will. And I even watched um, and and I didn't watch. I listened to an analysis of Montrezl Harrell's game by the Laker from the. Laker Film Room podcast at the beginning of the season, and I remember them when we signed Montrezl Harrell. They said, you know, he, he could even slot in at the five, at the four, which I really agree with. And Frank, Coach Frank Vogel, has not tried that out. He has not put um, Montrez at the four. He's put him at the five, and he's just been, you know, playing playing minutes with um, Marcus the at the five, but now the addition of Andre Drummond, he could possibly be playing at the four. So I hope Frank does that. I hope Coach Vogel does that. It would be really nice to see. I, I'm not saying I know more than Coach Vogel because Coach Vogel is an NBA champion and I am not. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see what what is done there. Um, so. can now talk about Ben McElmore, I guess, because there isn't much to discuss about the game. It was a great game in Tampa. Really happy we got the win. We're now four out of nine without LeBron AD. We've won four games out of nine, nine obviously. Um, <coughs> I said something at the beginning of the season. I didn't say it to anyone. I just said it to myself. So you can say I'm lying and I won't blame you, but I said something to myself, which is that Without LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think this Lakers team is good enough to get into the playoffs. And I'm looking at it right now, and four out of nine is, well, basically, you know, it's it's like if we play one more game and we win, then we're basically a playoff team because we'll be a 500 team, right? And so, sorry, my my mini fridge just went like just went berserk. I don't know what's wrong. Anyways, um. Being a f- over 500 team without LeBron, Anthony Davis, and I guess Andre Drummond, that is that is very interesting to me because I think we, we're deeper than any team in the league. And the funny thing is when LeBron got injured, right after he got injured, I think we lost three games in a row, right? And everybody just on Twitter and social media, they're all saying, oh, look at the Lakers. They're supposed to be the deepest team in the league, and they're just out here, you know, getting losing and they're not the deepest team in the league and y'all you know they're, they're saying we're capping but you're looking at it now got four wins in nine games albeit not the best teams to beat but still 
you know, we might have a good team aside from LeBron and AD. And if we stay in the top five or six before LeBron and AD come back, I think we're going to be good because just those two players coming back, we're one seed automatically and we'll probably go, like, we probably have... probably win 75% of our games as soon as those two come back and I think we're gonna play roughly 20 games no not 20 games I think there's only 20 games left of the season so there's about yeah there's only 24 games left in the season and I assume they'll both be back by the time there's about 15 to 12 games left in the season so using that math We've got about eight wins guaranteed at the end of the season just to add to what we currently have. So we need to get about 10 wins. Bef- would that be fair? 10? Maybe five wins before then, along with the eight from the end of the season. And we'd be, uh, I guess, a 50-win f- team. And 50 wins this year is not the same as 50 wins in previous years because obviously we're only playing 72 games. But... 50 wins would be around, I think, 65%. I'm not very good at math, but I think that would be about 65%. Um, you know, in terms of, of, of wins. And that would be really good for me, personally. And um, it would be good enough for a third seed, I believe. So I hope we can get that done. Phoenix Suns and Utah Jazz at... First and second seed just does not scare me at all, and I'd rather even face one of them in the first or second round because those teams, like, with all due respect, I just don't think they're good enough. Because look at the Suns, they have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. LeBron James could probably beat that team on his own. Like, if the 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers could probably beat that team, but then you add an Anthony Davis. You add in, you know, Montrezl Harold, Dennis Schroeder, Alex Caruso, KCP. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention K- Alex Caruso is on this team this year, and he was on the team last year. But anyways, um, well, you know, Wesley Matthews, Mark Saul, Drew Drummond, blah, 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 blah. We could easily beat one of those teams. I keep going back to the playoffs. As I say it, I just realized it. I keep going back to the playoffs. I'm sorry, guys, but... We have to look at it in hindsight because the playoffs are coming up. We need to be prepared to play in the playoffs. And I'm sorry if you don't like me keep bringing, bringing it up, but there's not much left to the playoffs. Like, as I said, it, there's 20 games left before the playoffs. We play a game about every, I think, two days, right? That's around 40 days away from the playoffs. That's a month. A month and 10 days. And, like, if you think about it, how, mu- how much is left until LeBron James returns? How much is left until Anthony Davis returns? So I'm really starting to worry that maybe we're not going to be prepared before the playoffs come. I hope to God we are. Because when we're at full strength, we have one of the best defenders in the league this year and LeBron James. You have the, the, probably the best defender in the league in Anthony Davis. We have, you know, Andre Drummond, who was an all-star just two years ago, I think, or three years ago, and hasn't really dropped down at, from that level. You have Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell, who are six men of the year candidates slash winners. 
or I guess the top two of last year's six men race. They're not in the six men conversation this year because they're sure starting and then Marcus Harris playing backup for LeBron James. So obviously, he's not going to be getting that many. He's not playing direct backup for LeBron James, but you know what I mean. He's not going to score that many points playing with LeBron James because LeBron James gets the touch of the ball so gets to touch the ball so much. So it's going to be hard for Montrez Harrell to get so many touches and score so many points like he would have last year on the Clippers where they didn't really have a true point guard. And so when you look at it, Los Angeles Lakers are in a very good place to win the the Western Conference Finals. It's just the finals that I keep worrying about because of how like sheerly dominant the Brooklyn Nets are. My personal opinion, just player for player, no, not no system counted. The Brooklyn Nets are better than the Golden State Warriors. From you know, 2018, 2019, 2017, whatever. This Brooklyn Nets team had a better starting lineup than that Warriors team. They probably have a better bench too. And the thing that's scary to me is Spencer Dimwitty, I think, tore his ACL or something. Spencer Dimwitty was in that team as well we'd be in trouble because their 7th best player would be a guy as good as Dennis Schroeder and Dennis Schroeder is like our 3rd best player actually that's unfair that's unfair that's unfair that's really unfair because when I think about it I don't think Marcus Aldridge Blake Griffin DeAndre Jordan are better than Dennis Schroeder obviously they're not regardless I'm going to keep making that comparison between the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers because both teams are the favorites in each of their respective conferences. Now, if Jimmy Butler sticks to his promise that they're going to make the finals again, we might be looking at a different story, a rematch of last year. And we also just how sheerly dominant Jimmy Butler was last year. I think he put up a 40-point triple-double in one game and she just won the game by himself and this year they, they, pro- they probably have a better team than they did last year they, they've added um, Victor Oladipo they've added uh, they traded away Myers Leonard which is probably a, a bonus <laughs> um, but they do have a really good team you know I wouldn't sleep on Victor Oladipo because he is a borderline all-star player uh, if he's in full fitness in my opinion and um, we definitely have uh, you know a lot to look forward to as Lakers fans with the return of Anthony Davis and LeBron James and so I, I would like to say I'm sorry if I was very pessimistic but that's the truth the Lakers are really gonna struggle to 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 in the championship considering the road ahead because we're going to have a tough playoff run from day one and when we reach the finals it's not going to be easy we're not going to face you know a a fifth seed Miami Heat like we did last year we're probably going to face a two or one seed Brooklyn Nets who have three all-stars which I've said like a million times today (laughs) and so my personal opinion that the faster LeBron and AD get back the better as well as Andre Drummond because 
I feel like if he gets back and has around 20 games with the Lakers, he'd be able to get uh, properly uh, you know, adjusted and just settle in with the team, which is really all you need right now from these players coming in. And on that note, let's talk about Ben McElmore. Ben McElmore was signed um, as free agent. He was waived by the, the, the Houston Rockets. Come from Clutch Sports, so that's why we signed him because, you know, LeBron wanted his buddy on his team. It's not really a bad thing. I'm, I'm not really mad at it, but it is a fact that it's LeBron's doing and Rich Paul's doing. So, um, what will Ben McLemore bring to the table? Will he bring defense? Probably not. He's not a great defender. Although, to be fair, he did play in a Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni um, team, which is not really known for its defense. So, he, he might struggle a bit to... to, to defend in a system like that but you know we are we are a Frank Vogel team which is really heavily focused on defense so it would be really interesting to see how he settles in it is it's my belief that he won't be an exceptional defender he won't be a great defender he might be a solid defender I don't know but regardless that's not where his 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 strong his strongest the strongest aspect of his game is strongest aspect is his threes this guy can shoot threes can make wide open threes which is not not something we can say about a lot of players on the Lakers this season and um, he he averaged I think 10 points a game last year shooting 40% from the three which is very good off, obviously and you know the guy's good when James Harden when he gets in trouble he, he raises his head and he looks for Ben McLemore and throws him the ball because Ben McLemore Especially if he's free, he has a quick release. And he'll, he's just going to throw it in and, you know, make a swish shot. And it's just going to be beautiful. And you add that guy to a team that has LeBron James, who we all know loves to pass the ball. He's a team first player. We call him that because the guy averages, I think, eight assists a game for his career. And um, so... you. He is a, a great passer, and he's he's even probably advanced as a passer in the past few years. And so, I think he's obviously gonna gonna have a fun time fun time on the court with LeBron. But if he can't defend, then he's basically another Dion Waiters or J.R. Smith. And so, I'm not I'm not gonna sit down here and say, oh, Ben McLemore just made us the favorite to win the title. We might be the the title favorites regardless because we are the champions and we've even improved from last year, but Ben McLemore does not comfort me when I'm trying to sleep at night. He's a good player. He's not that great. Okay. All due respect, he's he's a better player than me. He, He would smack my ass in a game of basketball. He's a professional basketball player, but the guy is no James Harden. Okay. And I'm not saying that anybody is gonna expect him to be a James Harden, but he's not gonna he's not gonna go into the game one night and just um, you know single-handedly win you a playoff game. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. You never know. But um, his strong suits are his three-point shooting. He had, I think, a game where he shot where he scored, I think, 23 points the other night, um, and it was only like. A week or two ago, can't really remember when it was. I went into his his box score for the last few games and I saw that, and he scored six threes in that game, 
like I've said, he is good at scoring threes. And so it's gonna be really um it's gonna be really interesting to see how he does for the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I wish him well, I wish him the best of luck, I hope he does well. And when you look at where he lies in the rotation, well, he's not gonna be ahead of LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Schroeder, Andre Drummond, Gazal, not KCP, not maybe Wesley Matthews, maybe Taylor Horton Tucker. And actually, come to think of it, maybe it is actually Taylor Horton Tucker because I'm not saying I don't like the kid. I'm not saying he's a good, he's not a good player or that he doesn't have potential. But maybe the Lakers just don't trust Taylor Horton Tucker in a playoff game, and they're like. Okay, let's grab this guy who's gonna, you know, who, who we know what we're gonna get out of, and just put him out there in the playoffs. That might be what they're doing, but I'm not sure. The Lakers do definitely need a three and D player. You know, everybody talked about getting a center until we got Andre Drummond, but a three and D player was also needed, and so this is a good addition to the team. Um, overall, good acquisition. I'm not gonna argue against it. Maybe there was one or two players I'd rather have had, like for example, the return of Avery Bradley, who just already knows a lot of the guys on the team and is an exceptional defender and is very good at scoring threes. But you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how he does with the Lakers. So, on that note. I've been Ahmed Adnan. It's been a pleasure. Hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you later. Thank you very much.